All right, guys, so we are back in the suite. I'm joined here by my co-host, as usual. We have Uriel. What's up? Hello, I'm Uriel. Yes, you are. And uh, we got Indy. Hi, guys. Hello. What's up? I can't believe we got the Indy on the podcast. It's just like a -a once-in-a-lifetime deal. Raise the roof. Yeah, he's just hes hard to get. He's just been (laughs) here for the past, like, ten episodes that we did. Plus Technically, done, our contract like a, says we only got one, so. Glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. We gave you a perfect seat on the ground. It's comfy. <laughs> I should really stop uh, planting asphalt inside the studio. <laughs> planting asphalt? Yeah, like I try to build a street inside the studio. So I can drive my car inside the thing, but then I realized that wouldn't work in the recording studio, so now I just have a street inside the studio. So Andy, what are you listening to? Um, I found another cool comp. Mm -hmm. I know I've been talking about comps on this, so I figured, you know what, let's keep going with it. It's on Dark Web Recordings. It's called 3AM, and it's very nice. Uh, just yeah, Google 3AM Dark Web Recordings if you want to check it out. It's got VCR Classic, Babe Fake, Waterfront Dining, Sport 3000, Forbidden Creme, which is water uh, haircuts for men's new project. Hmm. And some smaller art. Well, not smaller, but it's 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 a great mix of artists. Trash Ghost is on there, Radiant Reality. And it's got really wicked vibe to it. Like this is my kind of vaporwave right here. Cool. Kind of like uh, signal wave, I guess you, people would call it, maybe, or like late night signal Bro- wave. I don't know, man. Broken signal or broken um, uh... transmission wave. Yeah, bro- yeah. We'll deal with it another day. Yuriel, <laughs> uh, what do you got this week? Um, I've been listening to a bunch of uh, Parliament Funkadelic. What is that? Parliament Funkadelic is a seminal '80s funk band. If you hear like any kind of G-Funk or any kind of synthetic funk, the kind that's not like the James Brown funky drummer style. G-Funk's you, death of this. It owes you. a lot to like Parliament and Funkadelic. That's George Clinton stuff. Not George Clinton, different person. <laughs> it's like very synth heavy, like a lot of joking narration and weird voices. And the songs go on for like about 15 minutes. It's like, Prague disco funk, I'd say. It's not anything I can give you justice without having the, like even a little snippet of. So uh, check it out on YouTube. Or better yet, just just go down the street. You've heard Tear the Roof Off the Sucker at least once. <laughs> we'll put a link to it in the description so you can, uh, you can check it out. Uncle Jam wants you. <laughs> um, I've been listening to um, a few different things. Uh, I found this album called Hotel Pools, uh, or Isn't Constant by Ho- yeah Constant by Hotel Pools. Yeah, uh, just a really cool um, kind of like synthy sound to it. Uh, reminds me a lot of like the intro to Stranger Things, like that kind of 
synth noise and, and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a, a really cool album. Uh, and then also been listening to uh, Going Online by Port RGB. Which Port is, RGB, my main man. Yeah, it's got Port a... RGB. It's got a... Um, I guess it's kind of like Office Soft, at least it's kind of like the naming... Um, the naming theme that they have with the songs, it's it sounds like it was definitely made for a floppy label, which makes sense because it's on Strudelsoft. So, like, I can definitely see how this is this this would actually be a great album to actually put out on a floppy release, which I haven't gotten into yet. I have not actually made the jump to listen to anything on floppy, but I could see this one being a really really good one. But speaking of Strudelsoft, yeah, I have it. Yeah, we and have. Some, I have uh, the hotel pools tape as well. Nice, nice. Not the vinyl though. I'm not gonna pass on the vinyl because I already have the tape. Yeah, it's kind of hard to to double up on that kind of stuff. Oh, but we do. We do so often, my friend. It's terrible. It's a horrible addiction. <laughs> <laughs> Need to do a uh, like a support group for like vaporwave physical purchases. And like, I know. Maybe we'll have one. At yeah, it's called um, it's digital Monica. downloads. It's uh. If those are problems before they start, it's like everyone's just sitting in a circle, and it's like, "Hi, my name is my name is Pony. My name is Rich, and yeah. uh, my name is Yuri, and I'm an alcohol. Uh, oh shit, I'm, I'm a I'm a holic Yeah, confesses <laughs> their inner. Yeah, you get your one month chip without uh, without buying a an album or something like that. But uh, but anyway, yeah, we have um, a story with Strudelsoft. Speaking of Strudel Soft, Indy, if you want to get into that. Well, I saw a post on Instagram a couple of days ago. I guess if this comes up Monday, it'd be, you know, maybe five days ago, six. And he's, it was an announcement saying that, and for, for people who don't know, it's a floppy disk label exclusively. Go check out the interview that Sterling did. Campbell. Yeah, it's a great interview. And he and I have a piece of fiction or a feature coming out in the next article uh, issue sorry of private suite so check that out if you're a subscriber or if you check out you know the magazine online or whatever but anyway so he made an announcement saying he was shutting down and i was so blown away like i was that's so sad because i love vaporwave floppies i have about a hundred you have a hundred and... vaporwave floppies yeah <gasps> Holy crap, dude. <laughs> I don't yeah. think we need to go like on like... 100 vaporwave floppies, but that's it's, like about two bytes. It's 100. <laughs> it's 150 megabytes. Oh, dang. Wow, I can <laughs> use that to power my toaster. No, God damn. It's like, you don't, we don't need to like go on like... Yeah, there's phys- a picture of my collection in the article, actually. So you can check okay, that out. That'll be interesting. Yeah, we might have to hundred get you on. Like. Get you on no, borders that's, or something. That's so dedication, and it sucked. <laughs> they were almost shutting down. I'm honestly curious to see what happened, or yeah, if so, they just jumped the gun. Well, he's a dear friend of mine, right? So I know kind of what a little bit of what happened, but it was it made sense, honestly. But and I, I guess a few a day literally a day after he announced that before you say that like what was the guy as i saw he posted something on twitter about saying he was he was shutting down because it was becoming like too much i think yeah a lot of stuff getting lost a lot of claims and i don't know if he 
Uh, yeah, well, like it's hard to know if people are being honest when it keeps yeah. happening, especially mm-hmm. with really large orders of floppies. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, because it's hard to insure them because people wouldn't, they don't really want to pay $15, $10 for, to get a floppy mailed if the if it's worth, you know, 10 cents, like it's <laughs> worth nothing, right? Yeah. So. And used to get them for free in the, in the mail for like AOL and stuff. You yeah. Know, it, it's, yeah, I, I get, I get it. But it was really sad. Like definitely go check out the interview with Sterling Campbell, Strudelsoft, uh, I forget what episode it is. Uh, we started numbering them now, though, so I sh- I'll be able to keep track of that going forward. But uh, he he's so passionate about it, and he puts so much work into it, like he like it, scouring the internet for all these different perfectly colored cause, uh, floppies, so he could do things like themed in just I don't know because you can't it, just go out and buy floppies anymore. Like you just you. Yeah, they don't make them. To so. make them you got to get, point. you got to score them, right? Like you got to <laughs> put in the work and get lucky sometimes. Anyway, so yeah, he said that all that was kind of happening, but then I saw some tweets he was making, and a Wizard of Loneliness made a tweet. I don't know if that's what ended up happening, but uh, I guess I'll just read the the new tweet because it's good news. Strudelsoft lives on is the caption in bright red. This was not planned. Long story short, after some discussions since my farewell post yesterday, I'm happy to say that Strudelsoft will now be working with a new company outside of the U.S. Oh, out of the U.S. that will be producing and shipping the floppy disks. I'll be curating the label still, and this means all orders will will be tracked to better serve everyone involved. I guess that kind of solves the problem there. I guess most of the customers are in the U.S., so that makes sense Mm -hmm. because he was shipping them from Canada, and that's makes it more more variables right yep um i'm very happy with this outcome and i really i really do want to thank everyone who reached out and sent messages it really helped in the decision that this label should not just should not die out just yet we'll see you in september sterling soft sterling in carta 95 that's his project if you don't know check that out too yeah it's episode 27 of our uh of the show cool. if you want to go check it out but yeah it would be a shame if if it were to just go away because it really was it, it really is such a unique a very very unique label that didn't even it wasn't even just attention within the vaporwave community like he did an interview with rolling stone at one point and cbc yeah oh damn yeah. that's so pretty amazing yeah I mean, he's got attention from it and it's 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 gotten attention outside of the genre so to see something so as it's not even like gimmicky i mean it's just it's a very unique way to present music that is born and lives on the internet so to see it just kind of go away would be very sad especially you know the reasons he was leaving were you know i'm not having fun doing it anymore because of the logistics side of it essentially the the stress that comes from the logistical side of it so it's nice that he can actually get some support and someone that can handle that stuff and he can still enjoy putting it together and still running this really cool project and label he's doing i'm not absolutely absolutely oh sorry uriel i just before i forget i he i said this on twitter and stuff but he's the reason to me that vaporwave floppies went legitimate 100 in people's minds like it wasn't just meme wave shit anymore he put out cat corpse cryptocurrency course Mm -hmm. and i was you know that was the point i was already into them but i was like all right we're getting into this here we go (laughs) 
Well, anyhow, I'm not... As you know, I've been saying this like a thousand times. I'm not the biggest fan of physical media. Especially ones that like are very hard to come by. And are like rather... Um, what's not cumbersome? But the thing is that like the more I hear about this guy, the more I read about him, he seems really caring and really trying not oh, just elevate like his whole format for Vaporwave, but like Vaporwave period and like a lot of electronic music. To see him just like call it quits puts me a little bit nervous, but I'm glad he's back where he is, so I gotta like dash that out, you know? Mm-hmm. He has a sorry if you can hear me, I'm eating if you can hear the cheese in my mouth. What you eating? Cheese. Oh, what kind cheese of cheese? It's old cheddar. That's oh, the, that's, with spinach. That's like solid cheese right there. It's good stuff. Literally. The cheese knees. We have a company here called President's Choice, and they make a good mm. old cheddar. I but bet you uh, Canada have a prime cheap. minister. Yeah. I bet you dabble with some <laughs> Yancey's Fancy, too. I don't know what that is. Oh my god, dude! You're like ten minutes from Buffalo. You don't have Yancey's Fancy. God damn. New Never York mind. Artist Wait, cheese. Toronto is oh not my. ten minutes Artists from Buffalo, is it? You know what I mean. It's just um, it's close enough. It's not far. Yeah. But uh, he. I don't know if it's still on, but on crates or curates. Yeah. Encarta ninety five or Strudel Soft Sterling Campbell has a double record up. That I want so freaking bad. He put it up once before. It failed. He put it up again. And it's only got five days left. And there's 13 backers. Out of 100. He has it under Encarta 95? or Yeah. If you just search I-N-C-A-R-T-A Encarta 95 crates on Google. Uh, you'll, I just oh the um, interoffice album, interoffice and food, food court. courts, yeah, freaking amazing mm. office off right there. I fell in love with that record like two years ago, and uh, I would love to see it on vinyl. So if we can get fucking eighty people to check it out, that would be dope. <laughs> That's nice. Let's put some stuff out on Twitter. Get the get the good word going to get this I, tr- I put out a Spread bunch the Lord of sh- and stuff, gospel. but I, I'm just me right <laughs> I don't get that much but yeah maybe private we could help push it sort of I don't know because that would mean a lot to him too but I also yeah. want that freaking record man I might buy another one <laughs> more importantly yeah it's like I gotta get that record alrighty alright well anyway moving on uh, what do we have for uh, the next topic. Well, I've heard a lot of like former vaporwave artists or tangential vapor artists hate being called vaporwave, and people have been like, you've voluntarily left the scene for various reasons. I don't want to name names or anything, but like, I want to know what happens when like somebody gets labeled to a genre and they don't want to be associated with it, not because of like any sonic specifications. But because of, like, they associate it with bad memories or whatever. And it's kind of hard to classify somebody because of that. Like, for instance, if you had, like, a really hard time being labeled disco, not because of anything that's in your music, but because of how, 
like it pigeonholes you or like it reminds you of bad experiences you had in the disco scene. You catch my drift? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I mean, there, there's certain stigmas that people have, whether it's true or not, whether it's, it's bad or not, whatever. I mean, there are certain things that people generally don't want to be associated with, whatever it may be and for whatever reason that may be. So maybe some people aren't into the vaporwave scene or they don't agree with kind of like how things are done in the genre or maybe they're it could be a sampling thing it could be a copyright thing i don't know there there could be any reasons so i can understand why people wouldn't want to be associated with something that they're not into um or or maybe something they don't support i mean you see that all the time in mainstream music with politicians using music and they you know the artist is like, no, I don't want to be associated with you, you know, with, with your movement or with what you, you, so I mean, there's a number of reasons why someone wouldn't want to be associated with it. I mean, I don't know, man. Vaporwave just like saved my life and stuff in a little bit of a way. Like when I see somebody like being like broken by it, it kind of breaks me a little bit inside, even though I shouldn't be that way because like, I don't know. I just really put a lot of value into it, and I really like it a lot. And I might like it long after it stops being cool. And I just lament when people get pushed out of it, even if it's their own choice. I don't know. I mean, I want people to like genres, well, at least sonic differentiation, you know what I mean? Without having to like have a certain stigma attached to it. Like, I don't want people having to like get drummer they would have always like because of douchebags in it. For well, sure. if they're in the genre, I mean, if they're there and they leave it because they don't like the stigma of stigma of being attached to it, do they really like it? No, of course not. So, you know, I, I don't, it, it's, you can make the case that you're, you know, they're not really, they're not into it anymore, or maybe they've, they've grown beyond it. Uh, you know, we saw the same thing with St. Pepsi. You know, he put out some of the heaviest hitting music in the vaporwave community. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, hits after hits. And he was, you know, releasing them so close together. He was just pumping the stuff out and it was all great. And then he left. He left and he you know, he moved on to his Skylar Spence project, which is a much more traditional album. And, I mean, even makes a reference in one of his yeah, songs he's like, how I he's like shit down called it music yeah call myself an artist i sold some music so it's kind of even saying like yeah like that was like a past part of my life and like it was dumb and and I, what was i thinking and now we see him kind of coming back and embracing it and you know i don't know if it was maybe george clanton too yeah with uh like uh e-spirit and then moving on to his own stuff but then he's now doing e-spirit stuff still so, well, you think he kind of dis he publicly like disowned it. I consider like the current George Clannon stuff like kind of vapory at least. Like obviously it's got some like more mainstream electronic influences, hence the name. But uh I wouldn't call it not vapor compared to yeah. like a lot of uh St. Pep's I mean Skylar Spence's stuff. I th- I thought George Clanton said something about vaporwave like a year or two ago where he was like, I'm not doing this anymore, it's not a thing and he kinda disowned it. But uh, 
What's interesting to me about that, Uriel, it's a great conversation. It's a great conversation to have. But uh, yeah, what I think about is like, how much does Vaporwave influence the viewership, like being under that title of their music? And you know, sometimes maybe, I don't want to say it's a blessing in disguise that Vaporwave fans are kind of obsessive like that, you know, and always putting a label on things. But sometimes it's nice to be seen, I think, and people have Vaporwave to thank. So it's understandable, but I think we have to like kind of remember where our roots come from and what our audiences like um, kind of expect. And if you're looking for a brand new audience, then, you know, you shouldn't be upset when your old audience is you know, he's calling your old music vapor. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I get that. Well, I mean, honestly, yeah, I va- really, really get. Yeah, what were you saying? Va- what were you saying, va- Rich? Vaporwave is a relatively small community, you know, compared to other genres. So, even just one voice in this community is going to have a much bigger impact than, you know, a voice in a larger genre. So, critics and kind of the actions of the community are going to weigh more on the artist and especially the artists in this community I feel like they have a much closer interaction with their fans than you typically see in other places mm-hmm. so I mean that could wear on an artist that could that could kind of have more of an impact in, in what they decide to do in that sense but I don't know it's to me the what I would say is if they're trying to distance themselves from it, um, I mean, maybe they just shouldn't be in the genre. I mean, if I you don't that. embrace it, I just don't want people to like think negatively of me or even the genre as a whole or for like liking something that yeah. gives their life meaning that is basically harmless for the most part, or at least is no more harmful than other genres or I mean, rather I don't think I've, I've come across anyone who like you say anything about vaporwave and they're like, ew, like how could you like that? Or like, not that oh. I've met people who are like, you think like you're, let me put it this way. If you say there, are, I've met people who won't, I haven't met people who will talk down to you or like be a hostile or anything. There's no like persecution of any kind, thankfully, because that never happens except if you like disco in like the early eighties. <laughs> What really happens is like people get the wrong idea of what you like and will just bring up vapor meme and a lot of like earlier stuff instead of like checking on the scene and stuff or assume you're with these like very bad people who like mess with their lives, which is a bit more understandable, but still, I don't know. What do you mean mess with their lives? Like, I have seen some, like, pretty bad horror stories of, like, people being, like, treated terribly in the scene. I think that's not... Yeah, but it's unfair to... That's, like, intrinsic, right? Like, to the use yeah, of who you are. Yeah, that's true. You have a point there. And I don't I don't think that's unique to Vaporwave. Yeah, I guess you have you know, a point. I feel like artists in every genre, there's there's bullying or there's... not. I'm not saying that's right and that... It, you know you should just suck it up and deal with it but i think that's that's an issue that you see in other places as well 
you may not have your your ear to that community and that scene as much as you do with vaporwave but i would think that it definitely happens i mean like i know nothing about country music you know oh, yeah. beyond like george Strait and garth brooks and you know like the big big names however i'm sure there's a huge world beyond that and there's much more many more intricacies and much it's much more in depth than just that i don't care to learn about it because i'm not interested in it but i mm. would be willing to bet if you go into country music or hip-hop or you know death metal or whatever there's similar issues than yeah. what you see I yeah i think you. vaporwave is probably one of the genres that has the most positivity and like looking out for one another like people like alan from Coruspect sheep fucking sheepy turtle you know shout out to her the embodiment of positivity for the community yeah, sheep is the best Check so out many Sheep's people. articles in the, Shouts mi- the in sheep. magazine. Oh, she just put out a record too, Starseed. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh shit, I gotta check it out. But anyhow, yeah, it came like, out on Glo- Global Pattern. Check that shit out. I don't. I mean, I know better than to think like drama and like horrifying like abuses are like. No, it sucks that that stuff happened though. Um, we just gotta bring sh- show them the good people. <laughs> Yeah, my yeah, my point is that like not that I expected better or anything, but that it didn't have to be this way and that I've been noticing a trend for people to just straight up like, like give up and like expect any change or anything. So like you get this nagging feeling to yourself that because the person who was the victim left, more and more abusers are staying and that's just awful. Yeah. That's true. There's there's something I noticed. I've talked about this before, but also in Vaporwave you can't really like gang up and bully people because that goes against the morals of vaporwave sort of right like if if you try and out somebody it's it's actually kind of hard like pza just released a new record today that's someone i could actually mention on this show as someone that's not very cool because he steals other vaporwave <laughs> artists music he's, yeah he's but, yeah, uh, I do not want you know what i mean like you can't you can't kill it so you just gotta kill it with kindness man join uh, up the private suite I mean, party come to the suite we're gonna have, have wicked party at 100 percent electronic on come party with us we're gonna have a good time nothing but positive vibes and yeah, please buy, don't flag other beer. people's music as your own what what was that like i'm that's another thing i want to get into like sampling like, it's one thing if, like, you just sample it, credit it, or you're not doing it for profit. But if you're, like, selling it, like, come on, dude. What the hey? Like, this blew up a while back, but I'd rather not get into it since we've talked about this on a very yeah. early episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a difference between sampling and stealing. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I want to add addendum to it because, like, I've been sitting on this thought for, like, about a few months now. Go for it's it. It's not about, there like, what appeals in the song. It's about how much of the song you transfer. Like, if it sounds the same then yeah it might as well be the same song or if it sounds basically like nothing more editing than what you can do in a youtube uh gear thing that's yeah it's stealing but if it sounds rather different like a dj shadow type of deal yeah i can understand you has to be transformative in some way where it's creating a new work or at least it's just unrecognizable as the original in some way even if you can pick out certain clips and samples and stuff i think that's fine but again it has to contribute to a larger project that is not the same it's not just a slowed down song exactly it's just remix culture like Uh uh-huh yeah i I don't know 
Anyway, um, there's something I wanted to talk about. It's that did you guys are you guys into future funk at all? Hell oh, and yeah. I have another interesting question for you guys too. Uh huh. But uh, so yeah, not really. I guess. Yes, I love it. I love future yes. funk. <laughs> I love it. That's okay. Sweet, dude. I'm I I I went you know to Young Jesse... Bay last year, and then Young Bay is going to be in Philadelphia again in October, and I'm going to go to that again. Oh yeah, no, I remember um, you guys talking about. That's yeah. right. That's right. I have future funk in katakana tattooed above my lower back not on my lower back that actually just is vaporwave in a white text above my lower <laughs> oh, back shit. Just i want to see funk. those pics yo yeah dude send them over that's dope uriel's uh vaporwave we'll tramp stamp them. is uh pretty cool <laughs> uh, yeah but i'll send it you know through jesse the radio cassettes <laughs> jesse cassettes do you know her? i i do not jesse cassettes yeah i love jesse cassettes i am cassettes, subscribed maybe. to his uh, youtube channel Oh, it's a dude. I th- got me. Is it a dude? I don't know. I thought it was a girl, but um. I normally cares, when you really? spell with an e, it's a guy. But like, I guess I don't. Let's just go by they. I don't want to like misgender them or anything. Yeah. So they put out a freaking sweet ass 2019 summer, like, mix. I guess yeah, mix mix of a whole crap load of awesome artists, and it's like. Freaking amazing. Like Strawberry Station's on there, Pad Channington, Hatena, National. That's so uh, themselves as well. So many freaking people. Check it out. Summer, Future Summer Idols 2019 Future Funk by Jesse Cassette. Guys, check out the this, YouTube channel as well. They've this got some comp cuts. like smashed me in the face, or this mix rather. I was like, Jesus Christ, because I haven't been keeping up with all the music people are making this year. Dude, Future Funk in 2019 is, is like dope. next level shit. Yeah. Flow Flash is on here too. Sweet. Song number 13. Check out Flash. He's like probably the youngest producer in Future Funk. How um, is Information Flash? Like 14? 13? Wait, Information Flash. Flash is 13? Is it DJ Tooth 8K is his Twitter? Wait, hold on. Or his uh, SoundCloud? Wait. Are you talking about Information Flash or somebody else? I'm probably someone else, brother. Uh, okay, I just okay, posted okay. that shit. I was about to say that early in the morning check guy. Out, check out Flash, man. He's a G. He'll help you on your Future Funk adventures. He's on the whatever that Future Funk Discord is. I forget which one. There's a, <laughs> he's probably on all of them, to be honest. Just there's a, that main Future Funk one. Uh, he's a dope-ass dude. Okay, He helped out my friend and super cool guy. And I think he's going to, I talked about this on the Core Respect interview, actually, but he's going to make some waves in the future funk waves, vapor waves scene. That's cool. Sick. But yeah, future yeah. funk is definitely, it's, it's some crazy stuff going on this year with, <laughs> with that scene. Um, yeah. Definitely probably the most likely to go mainstream in mm. in. I would disagree culture, with that, so. but like I really, I'm really I'm waiting it. for the day we hear it on the radio, so I can shove it in Uriel's face. <laughs> <laughs> it will be on the radio third. A third. You will shove it in it. my face in the <laughs> yeah. same way one like just like puts the radio near me and like, hey, we finally <laughs> get it. We finally did it. Listen to it. Yeah, are but you, you know what? Like once it goes mainstream, more people are gonna gonna know about it and more people can get into it and 
you're not going to have as many situations as our next topic where uh, there's a video someone posted about like ex- having to explain vaporwave to oh, yeah. their grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> so it, funny. The guy the guy put out it's like about a minute and 21 seconds and it's just the picture of floral shop on a TV. Like it's playing a YouTube video of Lisa Frank 420 and he's just trying to explain to his dad or his uh, his 62-year-old father that like what it is. And it's like, yeah, it's a slowed down Diana Ross song and, you know, relating it to Twin Peaks and other stuff. It just, yeah, I, like right now, unless you're not in the scene, it's it, it's kind of like, how do you even explain it? Uh, we, I mean, I remember Pat Sheddington trying to explain it as like this, like a strange or like a more really good elevator music. elevator music. Yeah. A while back, but like. I don't think that's an, as accurate as it was at the time we interviewed them. For certain types of vaporwave, yes, it's dead accurate. But for other, yeah, more later intricate things, iterations, absolutely. Yes, it's it doesn't quite fit it. My the video just makes me feel like. Oh, sorry, did I interrupt you? No, no, it's <laughs> no, fine. Keep going. On. Okay, it makes me feel like, damn, am I in this shit too deep? Like, how deep am I into this? <laughs> it's that, not... The, the best... The ending of the video is the best. After this whole, like, two minutes thing where he's, like, trying to explain it, he's like, yeah, it's kind of ironic, you know? It's just... It's a whole thing. You'll kind of get it after you listen to it for a while. And his dad just like, I don't know anyone who would like this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. That know? is... Oh, man. That's a pain. It's like, damn, is that how people are? Like, is our man that crazy? <laughs> that cuts deep. But you have to understand, like... Um, the generation born before, uh, what's, what's a good marking point? I'd say born before um, the disco demolition night. Oh, like they don't know like a lot of instrumental music being like really famous or even a lot of electronic music Mm -hmm. period. Like most of the stuff people grew up on would be something like, like a lot of rock, a lot of country, a lot of old funk, a lot of old soul, a lot of sometimes classical and opera. You're saying not instrumental music or? Well, not, well, just not as much instrumental and electronic, especially not electronic because they didn't even have those. What else is there? Those I are, don't mean, two, like, two, I meant really, electronic right? as in like you make it on a computer rather than with live instruments per se. Yeah, so there's the lot. Li- I'm confused. You know what? I give up. But, but the point is, like this is different agree, from though, stuff that came out like during like the time when they developed their taste in music. Right. I would disagree with that. I think there's plenty of live music that's still popular and still, you know, available, and and you can still go and hear like a live band or whatever. I don't think that's dying or dead by any means. No, no, no. That's no, no, no. What I meant is like. It's not quite vaporwave. There are live acts in the scene and more and more growing. Mm, okay. But it's not really a defining feature. Gotcha. And it's like one thing that I've noticed is that like it's kind of hard to explain this to like my grandparents because whenever I try to explain my grandparents, they just boot me out of the funeral home. <clears throat> I mean, well, that hey. just got that just got real deep right there. Yeah, it's yeah, they went about yeah. like six feet. 
Oh. Da dum. Okay. 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 All so, right. Moving on. You crazy? <laughs> I mean, like, I guess it's yeah, not I try that to explain difficult it to, my to explain it to people. Really, if you just like show more than like, um, you know what really helps? For I find. Don't show them that shit. Show them our goddamn magazine. Yeah, that's the that's... best way. That's what I did for my mom. Like, check this shit out, yo. This is what I'm working on all the time. That's why I can never fucking call so, you because I'm so, too busy. What would you like if if you were to show someone someone who's never heard the term vaporwave as has no clue what it is? What album or song would you play? One of those comps, yo. I keep bringing up but these comps. See, I don't, I don't know if I would go and play a comp because I think for the most part. The comps are for the vaporwave community, so showing that to someone outside of the vaporwave community wouldn't serve them as well as listening to like a classic, like album straight through. Maybe, but comps are often like themed or have a particular curation process to them. So it's yeah. like here's a whole part of the umbrella from all these different artists that have all these different sounds, and there's like twenty other parts of the umbrella you can check out. You know, yeah, so I mean, maybe that like, one won't be theirs, the one they like, but yeah, they'll probably find like, one. I, I guess like, you know, like if I was trying to tell someone who's like never heard of Steely Dan before, which is ridiculous, let's be honest, like everyone knows yeah, about Steely like, Dan, come on, but like, get come, real, on, right? come on, that's, that's, that's absurd. But hypothetically <laughs> speaking, if someone who, who doesn't know Steely Dan and there's one other side note, Steely Dan is coming to Philadelphia. I'm going to go see Steely Dan also doing a three night residency in Philadelphia. So, yeah. That's that's gonna be dope too. But anyway, if someone doesn't know that, like I would go and play like, you know, a greatest hits album. That makes sense to go and do that. Or like another, you know, Elton John, greatest hits, you know, a, a band with a greatest hits album, that's a good way to get into something like that. For me, you know, I would almost go with something like World Class by Luxury Elite or mm. uh, a Saint Pepsi album. Something yeah. <laughs> of course you did. I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, I've been trying for years. Yeah. yeah. Finally got but, one. <laughs> but like, anyway, like I, for me, that makes more sense to get into. And then, then you can jump into some of the, the comps because some of those, they may have a, uh, an overall theme, but at the same time, they don't necessarily work together. Like a full album does. Yeah. Cause a lot of That's it, you know, like, the whole album is the art. It, it's it's a single piece that kind of flows together more so than a lot of other genres. Yeah, it's like a composition or mm-hmm. an album statement. If they were sitting something, like a... I suppose. If I had to like pick anything, I would either pick something like like tangential hypnagogic pop, like uh, Far Side Virtual, which isn't technically vaporwave, but it's pretty damn close. Or I would go in a little bit deep, but not too deep. Like if they only, I don't want somebody necessarily liking only the shallowest parts of it, or at least parts that aren't really done there and claiming to know a bit more. That's not like necessarily offensive to me or anything like that. It's just like a bit misleading. Like Like it can get like the wrong idea of like what's going on and get confused. It's not like any horror show or anything. I, I don't believe in posers. Yeah, you don't want to just jump into the deep end with it. Like you're not, I like I wouldn't go and play like classroom sex tape, you know, no, for no, someone no. who's see, never I'm heard it before. Very sink or swim with this. Like I'm gonna throw an Esperit CD at them, and if they don't get it, yeah, but that's I. 
That makes sense. Like, like if you didn't like the stuff in the first place, you're not going to like it later, especially if you're like rather old. Yeah, but I mean, there's some there's some really, really far out stuff that's out there that you know, like personally, like stuff that like I don't even like or really am into. Um, oh yeah, like some of the really really weird, like like the floral shop two kind of stuff and the really obscure parts of the genre you know it's an obscure part of an obscure genre um that Obsc- stuff may not be like the best to to kind of jump into we've kind of graduated from that obscure designation i think the term is underground thank you very much you know what i'm saying yeah yeah you got it i know what you were saying well, anyhow anyhow where the fuck do i download classroom sex tape spotify Bandcamp or yeah, it's on Spotify too. I can't, I can't find the Bandcamp. Also, do have... not put in classroom sex tape on Google. Trust me. I did. I saw some bad stuff. <laughs> no, it was real Andy, bad. Andy, why don't you just like rip the cassette that you have on your shelf? Yeah. Yeah, oh, like Jesus. haha, or yeah, like yeah, I could do that because I do have it sitting on my shelf. Let's see. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I don't always uh, know, you know. Just... You never know. You just got so many. If you get 100 floppies, I mean, maybe you have it on floppy disk. Yeah, that's crazy. That album would sound terrible on floppy disk, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know it that well. I haven't. I really do not remember it either. I got to go oh. back and check it out, though. DDS was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. We got one more topic today. Uh, Uriel, would you like to lead that off? Oh, yes. Italian occult psychedelia, the moment I've all been waiting for. The moment you all have been waiting for? I've all been waiting for, correct. Okay. (laughs) I know what I said, but anyhow, basically, it's like dark. It's sort of like an Italian version of an unholy mixture of like hauntology, vaporwave, and um, dungeon synth and jalo soundtracks. Now, what is um, what is hauntology? Hauntology is like another, like honestly, it's another name for hypnagogic music, wherein okay. it's referring to in, in a deliberate, a rather inaccurate version of the past, or a fading, inaccurate memory, as to give off the effect of the lived experience in the present time, or what it was like as like a fading dream between then and now. In other words, it's just inaccurate, deliberately inaccurate or faded, weirded out nostalgia. Sort of like what Tim and Eric is to like a parody of public access. Hauntology is to deconstruction of like music from an older time period that you grew up in. In this case, like mm. the Italian occult psychedelia is referring to like a lot of Italian B-movies, like a uh, that aforementioned Jalo, but also Mondo movies as well. Like Cannibal Holocaust comes to mind. Not a good movie, but it, it comes to mind. <laughs> or like Spaghetti Westerns and yeah. uh, many Italian like ripoffs of like larger movies like Orca. But there has to be something more at play here because for starters, I'm not Italian. And... I don't really know the full details. I'm got it from Wikipedia. I'm listening to a bunch of the artists. 
it's hard to remember a lot of this kind of fades through when I didn't really get too much of it. And I want to touch on it a little bit more. But I kind of like this darker direction that they have here. Like this more theatric mode, yet still keeping the darkness and grit. That's not something you see all too often, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a a relatively new kind of area of music. Um, I mean, according to all-knowing Wikipedia, uh, Italian occult psychedelia was coined by journalist Antonio Ciretta in an article published by Italian music magazine Blow Up in January 2012. So we're not... It's still relatively new. It's about as new as Vaporwave, technically. Kind of, yeah. Like, sure, it is relatively new and it's still evolving, but there's a huge language and also cultural barrier as well. So it's not like you can get the full story just by, like, reading that article. I want people to not just listen to that, but also the original, like, Jowl soundtrackers like Goblin, which I've been listening to as well. They're pretty freaking dope. Because when... The point I wanted to make was that when you... Oh, God. The point I wanted to make was that when you think of rough and dark music, you normally think of something very stripped down and, like, deliberately painful, like noise music or the Velvet Mm -hmm. Underground. But when they have this, like, dark, brooding, like, almost gothic atmosphere, as well as, like, a lot of hazy strange stuff they add in a little bit more theatrics and a little bit more showmanship and it and if even if it's not entirely just to entertain you know what i mean yeah i mean it, it's meant to i guess it's more of an art piece than just a musical piece i guess you could say that for pretty much any music ever you yeah i mean you could but i mean more so the the general idea of music is you know to convey a story or or a theme or um but also you look at like mainstream music it's it's not meant to like maybe cause distress or cause um like un- it, it's it's not going after like the normal feelings that uh traditional music would go for mm-hmm. it's meant to do more almost like a like a modern piece of performance art that or, may be kind of or uh, like an... uncomfortable yeah i can get that it's not Honestly, Italian occult psychedelia doesn't really go that deep a lot of the time. And that's fine. That's not a big deal. I've, even with like my extensive listening, I could only listen to this so much in like a week. <laughs> and I recommend everyone looking it up, getting into it, dogpiling information to make me look like an internet on the web. Looking like an internet on the web? An idiot on the web. Shit, damn it. Oh my God. I just realized, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, I really, I oh god i already did it sec. myself what was that indy if i could just jump in for a moment please do. i've heard the term hauntology thrown around for freaking ever and then i joined private suite and then i see sheep talking about it and i'm like what does this freaking word mean it's got to be something to do with halloween or something right and I'm think. like, okay, hey, she, sheep's gonna do something in the halloween issue or the spooky issue that i already uh talked about on a different episode um and i like i'm going to jacques derrida for halloween what that's the person who coined the term oh dang philosopher that's so cool that you you know so much 
freaking shit, man. I just want to pick your brain for a couple hours one day. But anyway, um, and then I discovered what it meant. And I was like, holy crap, that is Vaporwave in a nutshell. Hauntology, that's like it. You could just use that one word. And I thought, like I'm always trying to explain it to people. I'm like using a million words. I use a different pitch every time. If I could just tell them what hauntology is, that'll give them a strong idea for the feeling you get when you listen to Vaporwave. You know, something that gives you nostalgia for the past that never actually existed, right? Or nostalgia for a future that will never, ever exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's why people love certain parts of Vaporwave or why people sample, like, city pop, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, a lot of Vaporwave is Western or from places not definitely not all but that see you know japan and some parts of asia as like a romanticized sort of in a way Mm -hmm. because we're so far and it's like a spectacle almost that's probably why we use like city pop and future funk and whatever because it has those like it's very hauntology e e yeah, hauntology. You know, right. Yeah, but I mean, it's you know, like using city pop. City pop is typically a very, it, it it's a very like happy kind of like upbeat type of music. Like mm-hmm. it, it kind of like it, it allows you to look at, at least as like an American, um, looking out at like Japanese culture through like the eyes of city pop. It kind of it's like it's glamorizing it. It 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 yeah, it, it, it makes you think about like you know the, the cool um you know possibilities of like existing there when really like japan has problems just like the rest of the world you know there yeah. are some major cultural issues there in terms of like work culture and um you know how different roles are implemented in society uh within like the family structure and everything else like that so uh, you know it's it's ignoring those things it's looking at things through kind of like one perspective if that makes sense. I get that 100%. Yeah, tunnel vision is like a huge thing people have to be aware of, you know, as well as like um, c- cultural and like personal relativity. But more to the point, like, yeah, that inaccuracy is something I really dig. Like, it's not outright saying something, it's acknowledging their failure to be objective, at least in thematic terms, I guess. I have a question. Sure. If Vaporwave weren't um, produced for the first time in 2010 and born and then basically and been like it had a crazy growth, like exponential almost over these 10 years, and it was instead maybe 2040 or something, 2030, do you think Vaporwave would have still tried to capture the essence of sort of pre nine eleven uh earth i suppose hmm. you know like because it's it we're in vaporwave we're fascinated with this like obscure fabricated era of time that may or may not have existed like it's hard to say and now with the rise of like corporate control and capitalism and just the global internet and everything's accessible um and we like 
don't have like the world's different now, right? Like we after the the internet's been all in technology. Yeah, yeah. I can understand sort of not just the nostalgia, but like the curiosity. Like you want to see what it was like because you can't experience it anymore. For better or worse. Yeah. So would people want to go back to 2019 in 2030 or 2040 or will they want no. to go back to the 90s or the 80s? I really doubt that's going to be a thing for 2019 and the 2040, but like It's just an interesting The 2010s a general idea maybe. to talk about. I think it I think people absolutely would try to come back to like 2019 and and they would come back 20 years or so. I mean, I remember growing up in the 90s you know, the 80s were far away, but not quite enough. Um, like, I knew, like, there was a different culture there, but you didn't see it portrayed in modern movies or or TV shows, really. Like, you would see shows that were made in the 80s and whatever, and you see the differences, but you would never see people kind of going back to those things. And I remember seeing Donnie Darko for the first time, and that movie was like early 2000s and it takes place in I think 1988 or 1987 or something like that and I remember watching it and I was trying to like I couldn't get why they made a movie that took place at that time because I'm like it's not really that far removed and it's not really so different from where we are right now I mean the only real difference I see is they don't have computers and they don't really have cell phones I mean you know those things were existing in some very early form but it wasn't mainstream other than that, it really didn't look too different from, you know, where I was at the time and what society kind of looked like. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, in 2019, I can look back on like 2003 and feel like, oh my God, like that was such a different time. And there were so many differences and there's so, so many cool things. What? Baggy pants. <laughs> yeah, dude. Those Chenko jeans, Lee pipes and stuff like harem pants. <laughs> Like, you know, like it was it 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 feels like, you know, more removed from now than like I felt like from the 80s back then. So Mm. there's definitely nostalgia for that. And there's definitely things that exist. And there's definitely music that, you know, you don't music styles you don't get anymore uh, that I would think that if the vaporwave movement were to just pick up in time and move 40 years ahead or 30 years ahead. I I don't think that it would still be stuck on like the 90s and 80s. I think it would kind of shift because it was such a different time. Like it was, uh, you know, as a society, we have evolved in pretty big ways. Yeah, we really do live in a society. So you think technology? Yeah, we do. We do live in a society. That's a great observation, Uriel. How much do you think technology and society is going to change based on that technology? Um, because it's technology is kind of exponential growth. Look at these flying drones we have, super electric cars, crazy nuclear reactors we never even had before. You Let's know, all get this a hold of ourselves. Awesome there. stuff. I mean, we've got a lot of complications with like global warming, po- not global warming, climate change, poverty, um, depletion of resources, general mismanagement in politics, stuff like that. So it's going to be a little more complicated than just like we get technology you know we're way more educated this is quite the tangent but we're way more educated now about <laughs> all that shit and we care more as a unit of a planet than we ever have um but so i think it's not it's, it's only getting better once we get rid of trump uh so okay uh 
I can say we and like you're in Canada. Oh, I'm we. I'm gonna do my part, yo. I know. I know. Um, we're not gonna get into that on on this. Show, no, yeah, but, exactly. the royal but, we. But do, it's it's not so be- much because the technology because the technology is growing exponentially. Do you guys think it's gonna hit like a a ceiling sort of, and it's gonna plateau? Um, because depending on what happens, I think that's what's going to influence which era we continue to look back to. Because right now, you know, we love that old tech vibe and all that shit, right? I don't when they, gonna... in 2040, are they going to look back and be like, yo, old tech from 2020, that shit was a bomb. Because it's all like a, a blur of like what came out when sort of, and shit keeps coming out so much faster. Like, what's the difference between this, this iPhone and the last one? You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, saying this, you know, we could probably look back on it in 15 years and say like, Oh my God, it was so stupid. And like, we didn't see it, but you know, the difference between like technology, but in the eighties and nineties and whatnot versus now is in the nineties, if you wanted to listen to music, you had, you know, a portable radio or you had a CD player. If you want to listen to music at, wanted to listen to music at home, you had a stereo and you had equipment for it. And it's like every task that you had seemed to have a device that corresponded to that task. And over the years, those devices have combined and they've shrunk and, you know, they've gotten more convenient to the point now where, you know, the computer you carry in your pocket, your, your phone does, you know, what a dozen other things did before. It's your music player. It's, it's your computer for a lot of people. It's, it's everything. So it's getting to the point now where, it's not so much like the physical device, but it's going to be more the software and how coding and, and what we can do with software evolves. You'll still see advancements in processor technology and, and that kind of stuff. But in terms of physical hardware, I, I, I you'll see faster phones. You're going to see some improvement on it, but I don't, I think we've hit the, we're past the heyday of, like gadget culture if that makes sense i understand that actually yeah like not a lot of physical things to demonstrate i don't think it's ever gonna plateau or like just flatline there's always stuff there's always problems there's always wills and ways i mean there's always wills and ways but it seems like more often than not a lot of these things are solved by an application or they're solved by just advancements in oh yeah software yeah totally corroboration for me you know, before it was like, you want better audio quality. We need to engineer a larger storage format in order to play it back. You know, we need to increase resolution on, you know, a TV in order to have better picture quality. Whereas now it's getting to the point where it doesn't really matter. You know, no one needs an 8K TV because you can't really see it. So I don't know. I think it, it's disappointing. I mean, I would love, I, I love technology. I love gadgets and I love electronics and everything. I think we're getting to a point where you're going to see, you'll still see some interesting stuff, but not like the weird, crazy stuff that you would, you used to see back in the day. Hey, mm. maybe the future generations will find it weird and crazy to them. So, yeah. But that also <laughs> depends on, you know, where the world goes in terms of like, you know, conservation of natural resources. I mean, we're running low on silicon right now. I mean, I think that, you know, they're going to have to find a new material to actually make 
semiconductors and processors because silicon is not going to last forever. forever. We don't have an unlimited si- uh, supply of it. They're going to have to move to, move to something else, which they've already started doing, I believe. I, I can't remember what they are trying to work with, but you know what happens when you know we run out of things to improve what we already have you know do you have to go backwards and start working with existing technology that you can retrofit or whatever that is way too deep five me (laughs) you want to like three deep five you yes three deep five me a hundred percent two hundred percent oh my lord you you want to call it a cast or something (laughs) i don't know you guys have anything else for today um I could talk forever about shit. I don't know. I got a lot of music I can recommend. <laughs> okay, so then we're ending the cast then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll uh we'll we'll let people go and kind of get on with their lives and, and whatnot. As well. Well, pick so, up Inter Office by Encarta ninety five. That's the one thing I'll say. Okay. Yeah, crates. definitely go do that. Go do uh, that. Please do. Uriel, uh, if people mm-hmm. want to find you on the interwebs, where can they go? You can contact me on Twitter at Uriel Machine. That's Uriel Machine, all in lowercase. Don't forget the lowercase. I have further links on that page. This is the main one. Um, yeah. How about you, Rich? I am at PHLSFO on Instagram and Twitter. Indy? Indy Advent. Awesome. Awesome possum. What was that? Awesome, awesome possum. possum. Isn't that Matt? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's Where his are YouTube you, Matt? <laughs> Matt and Tosh Plus. Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to find us on anywhere, uh, Private Suite Pod on Twitter. For the magazine, it's at Private Suite Mag. Facebook.com slash Private Suite Mag. Instagram.com slash Private Suite Mag. And patreon.com slash private suite mag. Don't forget we have a voicemail line available. You can give us a call, ask us a question, tell us why we were wrong with something, whatever. We don't care. If you hate the that show, number is tell you, us. I mean, yeah, I guess if you want to do that. I don't know why anyone would, but I mean, sure, go ahead. Uh the number for that is four one two four four vapor. Four one two four four vapor. And I guess with that, I think we're done for today. So, uh, guys, thank you for a good episode. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Peace. See ya. Later. <laughs>